Tonight, I just got a single message that's been on my heart. Uh, I've been talking about this subject a lot recently, uh, but kind of indirectly. And so I want to take a moment. Tonight's going to be kind of teachy, uh, but it should be good. Take, you'll take a lot of notes. Um, it'll be really good. So the, um, the message tonight, if you're taking notes, the, the title is The Problem of Sin. Everybody say The Problem of Sin. Perfect. So the reason I'm preaching on the problem of sin, oh my goodness, look at that graphic. Uh, the, the reason I'm talking on the problem of sin is because a few months ago I did this really fired up message about righteousness. Anybody remember that one? And I was like, we all got to agree that sin is bad. But then I started thinking about it. I don't know that I've ever like, taught in depth what sin even is. <laughs> and I think we all have our idea of what sin is. Like, sin is bad. Sin is doing bad things. Sin is doing stuff my parents told me I shouldn't do, you know. Sin is, like, saying bad words and lying and cheating and hurting people. And the really bad sins are, like, murdering people and stuff like that. And that's bad. And, and but then there's other sins. I'm not really sure if they're sins, like little white lies and stuff. But maybe we're not really clear. So I thought tonight maybe I'd just take the whole night to just talk about Sin, and not in a way where it's like super heavy, but just so we know. Just so we know that when I, when I say, when I say like sin is hurting us, sin is killing us, our souls, right? Sin is separating us from God. When I say stuff like that, it'll make sense to you. And you'll be able to verbalize it. And because sin is a really big part of the gospel message. And so we got to understand it fairly well, right? The whole gospel message is that we were... We are and we were deeply loved by God, created by him. And then sin came into our lives, right? And then, and then God sent his son to redeem us and, and, to, and to take our sins upon him on the cross, um, to take our place. And so now the final decision is do we follow him or not, right? So there's kind of that four-step process, but without understanding sin, we don't really understand the whole process. Does that make sense? In some cases, we understand clearly that sin is a problem, right? The problem of sin. We understand sin is clearly a problem when you're in a crisis because you found out that your dad cheated on your mom. It's like, I know that's a sin. That's not nice. That's bad. Or a friend lied to you or stabbed you in the back. Not literally call the cops if that happened. I'm just kidding. And I'm just throwing stuff out there, but I've seen but I've encountered this stuff and seen this kind of stuff, but you know, there's like all the it's a Halloween season. It's all about the spooky stuff and the scary movies and all the blood and guts and all that kind of stuff and it's like, "Oh yeah, I know that's bad. I know serial killers are bad, you know. That's a sin for sure." Right? But then we're telling a story about ourselves and we lie a little bit so that we make ourselves seem cooler. Is that a sin? I don't know. Right, and then there's tough stuff like going on in the, in the world of like different stances on political topics or, or, or how we identify or all these different things. And it's like, okay, well, it, it, are those things sinful or are they not? It doesn't seem very harmful, but is it sinful, Right? And the, the reason we're talking about sin is not to say, like, oh, we're wretched sinners, even though we are. <laughs> the idea is more so to say, not that, like, sin has turned into a really, really dirty word. And I understand why, because it's not good for you. It's bad. 
and everything's like, oh, this, sin, sin means like you should die because you did it. I don't necessarily think that's the truth. I think some sins look really good, but the problem with every single sin is that it separates us from God and changes who we are. Um, and that's why it's bad for us, okay? So that's why some sins seem really bad and some sins don't, is because the way that it changes us and separates us from God can be different sometimes. Like gluttony. Gluttony is a sin. And actually one of the, I think it's seven sins that God said he hates a lot. It's gluttony. What do you, what's gluttony? It's just eating a lot of food. Like eating too much food. And I sit there at In-N-Out with a three-by-three three animal style, animal fry, extra, extra spread, two flying Dutchmen in a large drink. And I'm thinking, why? Why is this a sin? <laughs> it tastes so good. Why is this? Why, why would this be sinful? It's not hurting anybody. Nobody seems to have a problem with it, except for me when I look in the mirror after a while. And I'm not myself. And this isn't like a, a body shaming course. It's not. It's just the crazy thing is, is God knows what's best for us. Right? So maybe I'll just lower it down to one flying Dutchman on top of all that stuff. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Let's start with one thing. And hopefully I get through this stuff. I might not. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot here, but it's all really good. But let's start with one thing, okay? Can we agree on this, that there's something fundamentally wrong with the world? Can we agree? Is that cool? No matter what you believe, no matter what political stance your family stands on, we can all agree there's something fundamentally wrong with the world. Good things happen to bad people, and bad things happen to good people. There's something wrong, right? There's evil in the world, and it doesn't make any sense. Everything seems to be upside down. And so the first topic we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about kind of four different things. The first thing that we're going to talk about is the fall. Everybody say the fall. The fall. So I'm going to give you scriptures to write down and read later, but to get through all this information, I'm not going to read the scripture itself, okay? Um, just trust me a little bit that I'm, I'm not preaching heresy, and uh, also, but double check it when you get home and make sure I wasn't, okay? So the fall, Genesis 3, it's like a whole chapter. Genesis 1 is this beautiful story of creation. Genesis 2 is this beautiful story of Adam and Eve, and Genesis 3 is the terrible story of how mankind separated themselves from God. We all know the story. There's a serpent, um, signifies the devil, who convinces Adam and Eve, Eve first, but convinces Adam and Eve that they can be like God. That they can know good and evil and everything else just like God, and they don't need God. And if they would just take a bite out of the apple, they would receive all this knowledge. And so they did it, and then... All of a sudden, they notice they're naked and they're shameful. And so right off the rip, what's the first thing that happens after they sin? Their identity changes. They see themselves differently. They're separated from God, whereas before they weren't. The devil convinced us for a moment that we can be God and that would be better than being loved by God created in his image. 
So we were already created in the image of God and loved deeply by God and had a great relationship with God. And the devil convinced us that being God would be better than that. Something we could never attain, right? And so we took the bait. And this is still our fundamental issue. We wish that we can be God. We, we, we want to be God. People are fighting uh, in all the political realms, not in just our country, but in all the countries, they're fighting for power. My brother said something really funny. We were talking about politics, which I don't typically do, but my brother's, um, he's pretty level-headed with this stuff, so I talk, I, it intrigues me, his thoughts. And so I was talking to him about it. And one of the things he said that's really funny, and it's not necessarily 100% true, but he said anybody that is fighting for power over other people for a living is probably not the greatest person. And I was like, oh, that's true. So, like, that makes sense because most, every once in a while you get a good politician, but most of them are dirtbags. So, anyways, put that on the podcast. Uh, any, uh, anyways, this is still our fundamental issue. We want to be God. We want to control the outcome of our life. We want to make decisions for ourselves. We want to be seen a certain way, right? We want to be our own God. For me, I find myself even still doing this where Vince, I have this issue with where, where if Vince gets hurt, I get like actually really mad, I get upset. I got to work on it because it's not healthy, <laughs> but I get really mad. And the reason I get really mad is because in that moment, I want to be God and I want to protect him from ever getting hurt, but it's not realistic. I can't be God. I have to trust God that he'll protect my son and that he might get hurt and he might fall and shove a wooden thing up in his mouth and get stitches before he's even won the day before and skip his birthday party and he's going to bang on the doors trying to get in. <laughs> but I can't be God, right? Evil runs rampant. Confusion runs rampant. All these things that are the opposite of God. So, number two. Remember to say number two. So number, th number one was the fall. The reason the world is all messed up is because of the fall. We separate ourselves from God. That's no good. So number two, sin is the opposite of God and good. So sin is evil things, and it's also just anything that is not of God. And there's some gray area here, area here but... James 1.17 is a scripture you should write down. It says, every good and perfect thing comes from above. God is good, right? Everything God does is good, so rebelling against him by default is evil. Does that make sense? Everything God is, does is good. So if God tells us to do something, we don't do it, and inherently we're doing evil, even if it doesn't feel like it. So here's the thing. God, following Jesus uh, and, and being led by the Holy Spirit results in a lot of things. It results in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, greatness, uh, gentleness, sorry, self-control. You heard those things? It's called the fruit of the Spirit. So if that's what following God results in, following sinful desires, following ourselves, following our, fr our flesh, sin results in, instead of love, it results in hate. And instead of joy, it results in depression. And instead of peace, we find anxiety. And instead of patience, we have a short temper. And instead of kindness, we're rude. 
And instead of goodness, we find ourselves being really bad and wicked. And instead of being gentle, we're harsh. And instead of, instead of having self-control, we have no self-control. We're impulsive. We see a lot of those things in the world, don't we? We hope to see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. But when you all thought earlier, oh yeah, the world is messed up. But you all thought of hate, depression, anxiety, short temper, meanness, badness, harshness, and self-control. That's what sin does for us. Does to us. There was this Danish philosopher named Soren, something with a K, Kierkegaard or something like that. Okay, but this is what the Danish philosopher says. Sin is. He says, in despair, not wanting to be oneself before God. That's what he says sin is. Sin is in, in despair. It's not wanting to be oneself before God. What does that mean? It, it, it's not wanting to be fully ourselves before God. That's what sin is. Like Adam and Eve in the garden. Once they sinned, what happened? They covered up. And they hid from God. They no longer wanted to be themselves before God. That's when we know that we're being sinful, when there's parts of our lives we wish God couldn't see. Right? When there's things that we do that we wish or hope, maybe he didn't see that. I know he's omnipresent, but maybe he was like somewhere else right there. (laughs) that's when we know we're being sinful number three number three number three sin is denying God's creation Genesis 3 10 through 11 I'm not going to quote it because I don't remember exactly the quote but the idea is that like what I've been talking about, they sinned and they recognized they were naked. And they tell God, we're naked, we're shameful, that's why we're covering up. And you know what God says to them? Who told you you were naked? Uh, No one, I guess. Sin made me feel that way. So God's looking at you. Who told you you're depressed? Who told you you're anxious? Who told you you're angry? Who told you these things? And you're thinking to yourself, I I guess I told myself. Adam and Eve felt guilt and shame and deemed their own bodies shameful. You know what that does? That denies the very thing God did just a, chap- just a chapter before. He created them and he said they were very good. And when they sinned, they deemed themselves not good and shameful. The sin is denying God's creation. Sin is looking at yourself. It results in looking at yourself in the mirror and hating it. Because God doesn't look at you and hate you. So we find ourselves in that situation. I'm naked and I'm shameful. And God looks at us and says, wait, who told you you were naked? It's not God's design. So the big question we got to ask is, who am I? Write that down. Who 
am I? Here's the thing. It's not who I think I am. It's not who I feel I am. It's not who the world says I am. It's not who people guess that I am based on how I dress. It's who I am because of who God says I am. Who are you according to God? That's it. Who are you according to God? And here's the thing. The Bible says that we are the righteousness of Christ. When we choose to follow Jesus, when we lay our sins down at his feet, we become the righteousness of Christ. God sees us as righteous. But if we deny Christ, if we deny God, he doesn't see us as that. God also says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. But sometimes we still look in the mirror and wonder why he messed up. But he didn't. He didn't mess up. So the question is, who am I according to God? Who am I according to God? Not who am I according to everybody else. Not even who am I according to me. Who am I according to God? Number four. Everybody say number four. This one's really good, so listen up. This is a quote by Timothy Keller, who's a pastor in New York and kind of an apologist, (laughs) if you will. Sin is not just doing bad things, but making good things into ultimate things. I'll make this make sense. Sin is not just doing bad things, like we know the bad stuff, right? We all can agree on the bad stuff. It's not just that. It's also making good things into ultimate things. Love is one of the greatest things in the world. Even Jesus says that. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. But if I make love God, that's a sin. You're like, what? If my number one goal or my number one deciding factor of how I feel about myself or the number one way I identify is based on love, it's a sin. What? But love is good. Not if we pervert it. Does that make sense? So even the good things, if we, make the, if we put them above God, the first of the Ten Commandments... In Exodus 20, the, the first of the Ten Commandments is, you shall have no other God above me. So even the greatest of things, even church. I'm a pastor. You can ask Danielle. Sometimes I get into these modes where I'm kind of like, it's weird. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not one who wants to work all the time, but if I get in the mode, I can, I can become a workaholic where I just don't stop thinking about youth and worship and everything, and I'm just at home stressed out all the time, right? That's sinful. Why? Because I'm putting my job and I'm putting even the church above God. You're like, what? And everybody online is like, what is this guy talking about? But it's true, okay? It's true. It is seeking to establish a sense of self by making something else more central to your significance, purpose, and happiness than your relationship with God. I'll say that again because it's really good. (laughs) It's seeking to establish a sense of self 
by making something else more central to your significance, your purpose, and your happiness than your relationship with God. It's seeking to, be, to, to find a sense of self in something other than God. It's, some, it, it's seeking to find my importance in, let me give an example. I want to be a really good dad. But if that's the number one thing, if that's the ultimate thing I identify as is a good dad, all I am is a good dad. There's a lot of good dads. And what happens if I mess up? Then for that moment, I'm not a good dad. So what am I? I'm nothing. So even the things that seem, I want to be a really good husband. But if that's the only thing I identify as, if that's the ultimate thing I identify as, then all I am is potentially a good husband. And if I fail at that, what happens? Then I'm nothing. If all I care about is being a good husband, and this won't happen because we're tight, but I mess up bad and Danielle leaves me, what happens then? Who am I? I'm nobody. I'm worthless. Because the thing I put all my worth in is gone. Does that make sense? It's a, it's a distorted identity. That The devil wants to come after your identity. Satan wants you to identify as everything but a child of God. So if someone says, who are you? And the first thing you say is something other than a child of God. It's harsh, but the devil's won a little bit. Like I said, if, all, if someone's like, Brett, who are you? And back in the day, if I'm, like, I'm a football player. Okay, what happens when I break my leg and I don't play football anymore? <laughs> I'm nobody. I'm not even important anymore. Right? God forbid something happened to Vince and I told everybody, who, and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm a dad. What happens then? I'm nothing. But if I'm a child of God, nobody can take that away from me. And if I mess up at that, guess what happens? Grace. So it's secure. (laughs) I get to be that forever. (laughs) Sin is selfish. It's all about me. When God is selfless. Here's the thing. Sin thrives in an individualistic society. Oh, what? That's crazy because we live in one of those. Sin thrives when everything is about you and when people say, do whatever makes you happy. That's a sin. You're like, what? But, but I want to be happy. At the expense of what? At the expense of, of your friends, your family? At the expense of cutting everybody off? At the expense of calling God a liar? Right? I'm like, dang, this actually got kind of heavy, sorry. Um, But when it's all about you, that's the opposite of God. God, Jesus came to earth as a little baby, 
Not for him, but for you. So, so God in his very nature is selfless. Jesus says, I came to serve, not be served. Jesus went to the disciples and said, can I wash your feet? It's so backwards. Like, what? I don't see one story in the Bible of Jesus being like, hey, yo, my feet hurt. Can you give me a foot rub? Or Jesus being like, yo, I'm tired. Can we chill out? I'm going to take a nap. Or Jesus being like, hey, my back hurts. Peter, come on, right there. Or Jesus saying, like, hold up, I'm hungry. Let's not talk to these people. Jesus doesn't do any of that, but we do it all the time. So here's the thing. We're going to keep, keep moving down the road because <laughs> it got heavy. There's three types of consequences of sin. Write these down. There's a personal consequence, there's a social consequence, and there's a cosmic consequence. And no, the cosmic consequence has nothing to do with your sign or whatever that stuff is, okay? I swear. I swear I'm going to marry a Capricorn. Give it up. Come on. <laughs> Let's be real. Okay. Anyways, sorry, I'm venting. I don't need to. Shelby's going to fight me. Okay, so personal, social, cosmic. Personal. Here's, a personal. here's the personal consequences of sin. Identity apart from God is unstable. Even the good ones. Like I said, me wanting to be a good parent is unstable. It's, it, it just is. Me wanting to be the, the best youth pastor in the whole world is unstable. It's noble. Like that's not a bad aspiration, but it's unstable. Because what if I mess up? Right? We find, when we do that, we find no true sense of self. And that's why our identity has to be in Christ because we were made in his image, so that's who we actually are supposed to be. And then every time we mess up, Jesus died on the cross so that he could give us grace so that we actually can keep getting it over and over and over and over again. So our identity never goes away. If you don't put your identity in Christ, when anything threatens your identity, you will not just be anxious but paralyzed with fear. When Vince gets hurt, I felt paralyzed with fear. Why? Because I realized in that moment my identity was not simply a child of God. I was trying to be the best dad. And, his, and my almost one-year-old son had blood gushing out of his mouth. <laughs> and so it all came crumbling down. <laughs> oh, shoot. I messed up. Right? Here's the, here's the really hard part. An, an identity not based on God leads to addiction. We turn good things into ultimate things, and we become spiritually addicted to those things. A drug and alcohol addiction is just seeking peace and joy and putting those things above God. Seeking help for pain. Lying to sound better is just making approval God. Right? 
Here's a rough one. Sex? Ooh, it's a bad word. That's just putting love and ecstasy above God. Being a workaholic is putting your importance above God. Gluttony is putting food above God. <laughs> it's putting in and out above God, honestly. But that's how we become addicted to things, is because we put something as ultimate, we put it above God, and, 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 and so we keep seeking it. And here's the thing. You've always heard of that. You've heard of that person who got addicted to hardcore drugs just starting with ibuprofen. How does that even happen? What? The reason it happens is because they could never find the God they were looking for. They could never find complete fulfillment. And I know some of you might have family members who struggle with addiction. I'm not trying to make the talk of addiction light. I'm actually trying to, to keep you from that. To keep you from being addicted to things that you, you, you shouldn't be. To, to keep us from having this conversation 15 years down the road and you're like, Brett, I'm an alcoholic. And I'm like, how did, how did we get here? Right? Instead, I'd really like to have the conversation, Brett, like, I've never been more in love with God in my whole life. <laughs> I'd be like, sick, let's go. <laughs> right? So that's the personal, the personal consequences. Is it turns us into an addict of everything except for God. The social consequence is when God is anything but the highest goal, we oppose people. The Bible says that our fight is not against flesh and blood, and that's really strategic um, verbiage. Why? Because that means that we can't ever be against people. If the Bible says the fight is not against flesh and blood, but against spirit, uh, principalities, and powers... What that means is I can't hate Logan under any circumstance because the, the battle's not flesh and blood, so I can't hate him. But when we put our identity in uh, ultimately in things that aren't of God, people who are on the opposite side of what we believe are now our enemies. In God's kingdom, it's a fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. In all other kingdoms, it's a fight against other image bearers. Check this out. Even if family, if family is my highest priority, the other families are a threat to me. If race is my highest identifier, racism becomes an issue. If my country is my highest, I'm proud to be an American. Nothing wrong with being proud to be American, but I said that in a country accent because I don't know why, but there's nothing wrong with being proud to be an American except for if that's more important than being a child of God. Why? Because then I hate all the other countries. Some dude from Russia comes to me and says, Brett, I need to find Jesus, and I'm like, frick you, you're from Russia. <laughs> because I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> so stupid, Right? Or your political party. We see this all the time right now. When your political party is your number one identifying factor. I'm a conservative. I'm a liberal. I'm a blah, 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 whatever. You hate the other side. Or when it's a belief, you hate others. Or when it's a religion, you hate other religions. Right? Or when it's individual happiness, you hate anyone who pushes your comfort zone. 
When we're all when individual happiness is our God, then anyone who threatens that, we hate. That's the social implications of sin. Is making the fight against flesh and blood instead of not against flesh and blood. In the cosmic, <laughs> the cosmic consequences of sin is a broken world, which we all agreed upon at the beginning. That there's something fundamentally wrong with the world. Why? Because sin. So what's the fix? All right, we're here now. What's the fix? The fix simply is an identity in Christ. Obeying him, not because we're, fo- we're supposed to follow the rules, but obeying him because he leads us to our true self. That's who we are supposed to be. Here's the thing. We fail at every other identity but the righteousness of Christ. Because when we fail at that, we find grace. And so we get to keep doing it. So here's the thing. We're going to be really honest. Really honest here. And you can close your eyes for a sec. I got the hiccups all of a sudden. And I had to, I had to kind of take an audit of my own life this week while I'm studying for this. And I had to ask myself, man, is my identity really fully ultimately a child of God or am I trying to be other things am I identifying with what kind of dad I am am I identifying with my job am I identifying with my sexuality or my gender am I identifying with what church I go to am I identifying with what country I live in am I identifying with my race or am I identifying simply as a child of God Here's the thing. Some, most of those things that I named off don't necessarily even sound bad. But if they're above God, it leads to a broken identity. So here's the question I want to ask everybody, and you could raise your hand. If you think to yourself right now that you identify as everything <laughs> but a child of God, and you'd like to change that, would you just raise your hand? That, man, I'd like to fully identify as a child of God. This is who I want to be. And I'm raising my own hand because I catch myself identifying as everything but that. Cool. For those of you that want to be known as a child of God, let's pray together. And just pray in agreement with me. You don't have to repeat after me, but just pray in agreement. Jesus, we just, we thank you. We love you. We worship you. We're in awe of who you are. And God, we notice that the world is broken. The world is a rough place. (laughs) Um, Just plagued by sin. And so is our lives. And so God, help us to not keep falling back on all the fragile identities the world gives us. But help us to stand firm on the truth, the solid rock that is an identity in Christ. So that we don't fail at that too. <laughs> like we fail at everything else. Because when we mess up, you, you give us grace and your mercy and we get to keep trying. So God, help us to understand that sin simply separates us from you. Sin simply turns us into somebody we're not. And we'd like to be fully ourselves with you. Even if it means sacrificing all the other identities for it. 
lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.